Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. I'm Emily Leadham. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. We are back for one more Real Presence one Live. One last time. The final we countdown. We should either do it in accent the entire show. Ter- what is that accent? Come on. Uh, it just sounds like you've got a I, <laughs> mouth garden. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like German with a mouth garden. You're, you're, you're too young. It's, it's my Sean Connery. Oh. Yes. Not bad. Thanks very much. <laughs> All right. Or musical. But then, you know, I have to sing. So that'd be Happy fun. third week of Advent. Yes. You have a Dr. suitably um, rose-colored um, drinking vessel in front of you. Well I also done. wore a rose yesterday. Yes. You weren't here to see I it. I didn't. I wasn't. But I was very intentional. I'm getting in so a couple weeks ago. Was it last time we were um, live? Maybe the month before we had Robin Brigman on. And was she was November. talking about living liturgically. Was not yeah. And one of the things that I think I'm going to do to live more liturgically is have my liturgical wardrobe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> So, are you going to wear Gaudete? I mean, really, the only good green. example is Gaudete Sunday. You don't have any purple? Um, no, I have zero. Wow, I have zero purple. Okay, I guess I have to go shopping. You have to go shopping. Living liturgically. Living, yeah, Robin would This is not my pursuit of sainthood. Amen. Matt telling my husband. <laughs> let's pray. All right, sounds good. So, how about let's do the opening prayer, the collect for Mass today. As you said, it's the third week of Advent, it is Tuesday. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O God, who through your only begotten Son have made us a new creation, look kindly, we pray, on the handiwork of your mercy, and at your Son's coming, cleanse us from every stain of the old way of life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We've got a great show today. We do. Chris, Most... you you happen to know our first guest, so I do. let's let you do the honors. Okay, that sounds good. So we are joined on the phone by Julie Ernster. Julie, are you there? I am here. Julie, how are you doing this fine, sunny morning? I don't know. I think it's sunny. Was it sunny? I think it's sunny. There's no windows in here. How are you doing this I'm fine, sure sunny morning? It's, sun, it's sunny sure somewhere. I'm above the clouds. Yeah, I'm sure above the clouds. It's sunny. <laughs> Uh, exactly. Okay. I am All right. great. So lovely. Good. Great. So, so before we um, get into the topic for which you are on today, Julie, could you just mm-hmm. introduce yourself a little bit to our listening audience? Uh, I'm Julie Ernster. I am a parish member out here in Hartford at St. George, um, cradle Catholic, been renewed in my faith. Um, I don't know. What else do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, are you are you single? Are you married? I you have... am married with three boys, all grown, no grandchildren as of yet. Um, one cat, happily married. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. So, Julie, why why are you on Real Presence Live today? What what do you what do you want to talk to us about? I am here to talk to you about the Seven Sisters Apostolate, 
Okay. Which is an apostolate that um, was developed in Minnesota, I believe. And it's seven women in a parish that prays for their priest, each taking a day, spending an hour with the Lord, preferably in front of the tabernacle, not necessarily in exposition. does not have to be in your parish, but just a time to hold up our priest. So you said an hour each day, did you say? Yes, each each sister takes one day of the week. So you're okay. not doing you're not doing you're all seven daily, days every week. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Right. So so you pray an hour a week for no, so is it is it for you specifically for your pastor or any priest or, or No, nope, wh- for your pastor. Okay. Yep. Okay. For the okay. the needs that he has. So you pray for um, your pastor at St. George and Hartford, Father Paul King, an hour a week, and there are six other women who are praying. Um, they, they each take an hour each day of the week as well, then. Correct. So he's covered every day of the week for an hour. Okay. What was the, what was the draw for you specifically to pray for our priest, specifically for your parish priest, but I'm sure that there's also just this larger movement happening within the Seven Sisters Apostolate to pray for priests in general. Why did that capture your heart? What was that, um, what was it that drew you to that? Well, a lot of that started with Chris and Equip, and the realization that, I I guess, growing up, I always thought the priests already had it all. They don't need our help. (laughs) They're priests. And Mm -hmm. knowing that the devil is out there attacking them even more with temptations and things that, they need our help more than, I mean, we need their help, obviously, but I think we need to be holding them up. <clears throat> so you said that started with Chris and Equip. Can you sell, tell the listeners, for those that are not uh, maybe in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, um, kind of what that means? Of course, you mean my lovely co-host, Dr. Chris <laughs> Bergwald, um, here. But but what was the Equip program for you that stirred kind of this deeper desire, this deeper awareness um, to really serve the church in this capacity? Well, Equip is um, out there to equip us to be missionary disciples, and I just learned so much about myself and my own faith and just a growing desire to help bring people to Christ. And obviously, if we we, we need our, our parish priests for that, so, you know, it just kind of all worked together and, and the slow coming together of that awareness and then thinking about all that our priests do for us and, you know, gosh, one hour a week for them is minuscule compared to what they do for us. Yeah. So did you, Julie, did you start this apostolate at, at St. George in Hartford or were you invited to participate by somebody else? No, I started it. I don't take credit for that. It was, it was brought to my attention from somebody else. And I was like, I think we need this here. And yeah. And I'm proud to say that we are now a group of seven for, for quite a while before, we just started. It's only been not even a whole year. Um, I didn't have a whole six sisters. So, but when the pandemic hit and the closing down of the churches, I just said, I'll take two days because wow. we need to be praying for Father King. So, yep. So, do you get together? Seven, so. so, do you get together we with the other sisters? Okay. We do not. I, the, 
the lady who starts it in um, in Minnesota, she sends out a newsletter once a month, and I do send that forward to all of the my seven sisters. That's kind of how it's set up. There's an anchorist, they call him, in each of the parishes praying for each pastor. So mm-hmm. some parishes that would have two pastors, three pastors, would have more groups. If you, if you are praying for just the one person that is your person. Or, and, you know, like St. Lambert, who has two. So my understanding is um, you're always praying for... So in your case, it's always the pastor of St. George in Hartford. So um, whenever it is, next year, 10 years from now, whenever Father, whenever Father Paul King uh, moves on to another assignment, you get a new pastor, you, you'll continue to pray for your pastor. Your, your prayers, if you will, don't follow Father King, right? Correct, correct. So it's, so it's always... Now, there connect- are apostolates for bishops, though, so those kind of... Yeah. Oh, Interesting. I think that's really, um, it's really beautiful. And I wonder, um, maybe he hasn't shared with you, but how do you think that that affects uh, the priests that have this apostolate in their parish? How do you think it changes their perception? Um, Or, uh, yeah, I mean, what's the fruit of of some of this that you see in our parish priests? Well, I just think it's been helpful for Father King to make some of those tough decisions that he's had to do through the COVID, you know, how are we going to get confession to people? How is he going to maintain the health of, you know, and the worries of those parishioners? And I, I, I can't help but think that that has helped hold him up. But, you know, for me, knowing that I'm holding him up has, has great fruit in just my own self, you know, being aware that, it's not just about Julie. It's it's about the Catholic Church as a whole. So when you first, Julie, when you first heard about it, well, actually, I want to follow up with, with Emily's question, then then I'll later ask my other one. So has he expressed in any way, uh, as Emily was sort of wondering, has he said anything? Um, does, does Actually, does he know that you're praying for him? He does know. He before before really you just said it on radio across the upper Midwest, at least. <laughs> yeah, well, that <laughs> he, he did know beforehand. So okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so has he expressed anything where he has a sense of it? Or I mean, I could see Father, just knowing Father Paul a little bit. He he may never have said anything like that, but has he by chance said? He, yeah, I can tell he's that you're praying for. He's too me. humble. He's too humble. He would never say anything. Sure, sure. Such sure. a humble man. Yeah, absolutely. So I. I I'm curious how this has brought you into deeper relationship with the universal church, you know, just recognizing that you have this particular mission, this particular apostolate. Um, how has it affected you as a Catholic to really be on, on mission and on a specific mission? Well, just gathering the, the seven sisters and I did the asking, but it was the Holy Spirit that led me to, to those people that I should be, you know, requesting, because it's kind of, they, they call it a hidden apostolate. It's not something that's just broadcast that, you know, ooh, here we are, like Catholic Daughters, or, you know, and those are great things, but this is just kind of a quiet little little corner of our niche. And Julie, so, I hate to tell you, but you are broadcasting it literally on the radio right now, you realize? <laughs> yeah, I know. No, go, go ahead, go well, ahead, go ahead. It's, it's everywhere, though. If, if you go on, Seven Sister Apostolate has a website, and it's in, in all, a lot of countries, it's, it's 
almost in every state of the union. Matter of fact, it may be now because they keep talking about how it's adding. But it's just one of those little more subtle movements, not a great big sure. thing. But I, I feel it's a very important thing because, like I said, our priests do so much for us. When you think how much they work, they don't punch a clock eight to five, you know. Yep. And I can't imagine all the stresses that a priest would have to endure sick people, healthy people, worried people. So. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I I think- did I answer your question, Emily? I'm not sure I did. <laughs> Absolutely. I just, yeah, I'm so moved because I think, uh, especially in the current climate of uh, the world and in the last, gosh, what, 40, 60 years um, Mm -hmm. of the church, we've we've seen this really play out in a particular way, uh, in some ways in regard to the priestly abuse scandals that have come Mm -hmm. forward. And uh, the particular need for uh, holding up our priests and and Chris, I'd love for you to share the image that you shared. Oh, uh, maybe maybe we don't have time before the break. I'm not sure how um, how quickly you can. Yeah, no, I, I can't can sum share it up. It, but um, <laughs> after the break, yeah, we'll we'll have to take a break here in a minute. Um, but would love for for you to just share that image of sure. kind of holding our our priests' hands up. Um, so one more question, really quickly, Julie, before our break. Mm-hmm. In that holy hour, are there specific prayers that you bring before the Lord? Are there, is it kind of the first five minutes you just say, I offer this time for the intentions of uh, a father and then have your prayer time? What does that look like? It, it can be many things. There's a lot, if you go on the website, she gives a lot of, she's a very wonderful person and she only asks, there's no cost, she only asks for you to pray a Hail Mary for her once a day. But wow, there's a that's, lot of that, that's a burden. <laughs> I know, right? That's awesome. <laughs> She's got suggestions of, oh, there's been different sisters that would pray an Our Father for every hour of the day for that particular priest of that, mm. their day. And there you say, I, there's some rosaries, so some beautiful rosaries that she's got intentions for the priest that's based on each of the mysteries. Um, it's been suggested to use some of the litanies, and instead of just pray for us or pray for me, you know, you put pray for Father sure. King, whoever. Um, it's it's easy to fill that hour. Of course, in my own struggle, I, I have to remind myself that I don't have to necessarily be saying a particular prayer, that that hour that I'm spending is a prayer in and of itself. So yeah. I struggle with that quiet time, too. Yeah, so I amen. try to bring that into my hour also. Amen. Julie, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back. And, and, and I'd like to follow up by hearing like how you typically, personally, in addition to what Seven Sisters Apostolate recommends, how you, because this is every week you're devoting an hour of prayer. So what does Julie Ernster specifically do? Uh, but we'll talk about that after the break. Welcome to, you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm Emily Lita. And we will be back right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. As a working Catholic professional, your needs and priorities for returning to college don't match a traditional campus experience. That's why the University of Mary has created a portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online graduate programs that are sure to align with today's needs. Advance your skills while strengthening your faith at the University of Mary. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with an end-of-year gift planning tip. With the end of the year approaching, a charitable gift can help you support our mission and receive tax benefits. In addition to gifts of cash, here is a gift strategy worth considering. Gifts of appreciated assets such as securities or real estate are an excellent way for you to help our cause. Securities may be transferred directly to us, while real estate is transferred through a deed. These gifts will not affect your cash flow, and they provide the following tax benefits. A charitable deduction to help you save on taxes, a bypass of federal and state capital gains taxes, and an avoidance of tax on net investment income. To learn more about these strategies and the benefits of making an end-of-year gift, please call or visit our website today at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Emily Leadham. And we are visiting this morning with Julie Ernster, a parishioner at St. George Parish in Hartford, which is just west of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, um, talking a little bit this morning about the Seven Sisters Apostolate, a, a group of women who pray for their pastor. Seven sisters, because ideally there would be uh, seven women doing an hour of prayer each day of, of the week, a different woman each day of the week, praying for their pastor. Julie, kind of the last question before we um, uh, sort of take a little bit of a turn in the conversation. I, I, I teased it before the break. What do you personally t- tend to do? Um, you, you kind of said you struggle with the silence in response to Emily. So how do you um, usually spend your own holy hour um, each week or each yeah, each week that you're praying for your pastor? Well, I generally go in and um, I sit and offer my hour for Father, and I, because I don't necessarily know what's on his heart, but I, I say to the Holy Spirit that whatever it is that Father's struggling with, whether it be administrative or pastoral or, you know, whatever it is that he's struggling with for that particular day or that week, I, I offer my prayers for that. I love to do the rosary that they have, so then that takes care of probably the first half hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of extra little things in the in the 
rosary. Yeah. I just love how you say that takes care of it because that's such a real, I mean, that's a real thing. I think a lot of us (laughs) can approach a holy hour and think, how do I use this time well, you know? Uh, So to just be really intentional with it, I think is great. And there's an honesty in the, that's a half an hour. So really. what, what 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 I find ironic about this? You're talking about you know your holy hour the way that most people talk about your profession, which is uh, working in a dental office. Oh, I gotta, I gotta. All right, I, the first half Watch hour Fixer was Upper. This, that was and... the first twenty minutes. <laughs> well, you know, it can oh, be funny. kind of a job. <laughs> a very rewarding it. and a good job, though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, so after the spend, rosary, yeah. Then I spend time in just. Silence, again, that's my biggest struggle. It does say in there that, you know, one of the things they they would like us to do is to talk to Mary, because she's Mm. kind of the protector of the priest, and, and, you know, help the priest's devotion towards Mary. And and so I spend time with Mary, and um, it says you can read books. So sometimes I've I've been going through one of the books they recommended was um, Fulton Sheen's The Priest Is Not His Own. So I, I, I... read a portion of that in a more prayerful way of, you know, how will that help Father King? And I hope that this is something that help, you know, so, and that, that's usually where my hour ends up with. Beautiful. So before the break, um, I, I had kind of alluded to an image, uh, that Chris had shared and because Julie, I was asking you about just that mission of holding our priests up and, um, Chris, I'd love for you to share with our listeners sure. too. And with Julie, cause I'm not sure if you've been able to share this even with her kind of the image that you had in regard to our bishop and the consecration of the diocese of Sioux Falls. Yeah. And we'll, we'll I think you and I, and we will t- probably talk more about that, uh, in the next segment, but, um, there's this image from Exodus, I think chapter 17, where the Israelites, uh, Julie, do, do you remember? I think I shared this by email with a few folks, including yourself. Yes, you did. Do, do you, yep. Okay. So um, the Israelites are in battle against the Amalekites. Uh, this is after the Red Sea. Um, uh, the, so they're, they're in battle, and Moses goes up on top of a mountain, um, and he's praying for the Israelites in battle, J- Joshua and the rest. So he's got his, his he- arms raised in prayer. Um, and as long as his arms stay up, the Israelites do well. But he's tired, so his arms will start to drop, and then uh, the battle goes poorly for the Israelites. So uh, Exodus 17 tells us that um, Aaron, his brother, and her. Um, sat Moses down on a rock so he could sit, and they held his arms up for the duration of the day so that the Israelites would be victorious in battle. And I love that image. Um, I invited a a few folks um, to pray for our bishop in a particular way for this last Saturday. Uh, But I love that image because it's a way, it's it's us holding up, whether it's our bishop or or the Seven Sisters Apostolate, our, our priests holding up their arms for the great work that they do for us as 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 our shepherd and we as their flock and I just love that mm-hmm. imist- that that image uh, and how it sort of conveys that reality that we're supporting them. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's 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 so encouraging and it's a reminder for us as laity. You know, Julie, you had said at the beginning uh, that sometimes I think we. Uh, almost approach our priests in this solely in this posture of receptivity um, Mm -hmm. rather than in the posture of support 
and receptivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's just a real beauty in your articulation of, of this ministry. Um, you also shared at the very beginning, we have just a little bit of time left together this morning. Um, in your introduction, I think of yourself, you said, <laughs> I am a cradle Catholic, uh, but but renewed in my faith, I think is maybe how you articulated it. Right. Can you share a little bit of that with us, uh, kind of your journey of renewal, what that has what that has looked like for you? Well, just growing up, you know, I did a lot of things just because that's what you did, but I didn't necessarily know why or understand. And um, I guess I'm of the age where a lot of Catholics, you know, continued. They kind of had their foley, but then they came back to get married and baptize their children. And but I never had a real deep understanding of my faith. I did the stuff, and I thought I was a good person and a good Catholic, but um, watching my children fall away made me realize that maybe I was missing the boat, and that was kind of what stirred me to seek deeper and um, seek out oh, people that know more than I do and to help me to grow and then different programs I was asked into a discipleship thing in Hartford and then it grew into Equip and now I lead some and it's it's been a, a very interesting journey but one I wouldn't trade. How beautiful. Uh, I, I appreciate just you sharing that because I think that we all have uh, these kind of seasons in our journey and uh, there's for many of us that reality of we kind of do something perhaps because we've always done it and this invitation to to something deeper um, I think is is really quite beautiful so Julie we so appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us this morning can you tell us um, if people are listening and want to learn more about the seven sisters apostolate or perhaps how they could bring the seven sisters apostolate to their parish can you tell us what that website is it's seven sisters apostolate and I think it's stuck let me look here I dot um, org okay dot org and it's real easy to become an anchoress and to start it in your parish there's really not a lot of work you, and Julie you used that term earlier um, in the conversation anchoress so that's that's the it's actually do you know is that a real word I, well, that's what she used. <laughs> so, yeah, it is actually. It's an anchoress uh, uh, is 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 a was is a woman. Um, historically, it's it's a form of religious life where huh. kind of like the 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 female equivalent of a of a hermit, kind of huh. a little bit more to it. They have a cell near a church usually. Actually, so that's I think that's why it's used for the Seven Sisters Apostolate as well. Oh wow! But Julie, that's so if somebody if somebody wants to become an anchoress, uh, they just go to the website and uh, and they get they look to see if there's anybody <clears throat> already at that particular parish, and if there's not, then they can become one. And then they've used that so that not all Seven Sisters of the Poor Lady would have to talk to every group. So. She sends the messages to the anchors, the head person that started the postulate in that particular parish, for her to send it out to the people that she's anchors over. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then, so then, you as the anchors are responsible for finding your your six sisters. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Anything else you well, want to share? The Holy Spirit does it all, but you know. But <laughs> yes, working <laughs> through you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Any anything else, Julie, that you want to share before we let you go this morning? Uh, just that if somebody has that urge to hold up their priest, it's really a wonderful thing, and it's not 
it, it always sounds intimidating, but that hour when you give it to God, He gives you back ten times. Amen. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It was an absolute gift to chat with you, and thank you for your apostolate to the church. Thank you. God bless, Julie. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. It's always amazing to me the richness of the church's ministry. Mm -hmm. All of these apostolates Mm -hmm. that that are unseen, you know, I think Julie called it a hidden ministry earlier. And and I know that as we start to dig, you know, we've interviewed many people, even on Real Presence, doing these various hidden ministries throughout throughout the region and beyond. But it's really, it's, it's just moving to me, the richness of the faithful, the laity, but also our clergy and... Uh, yeah, what people are doing for the kingdom. Yeah, the, the great variety of ways to serve you. In our diocese, of course, our bishop talks about his vision for the diocese. Well, as the Holy Spirit's vision through him, mm-hmm. um, lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. And this is certainly one way of exercising that. Absolutely. I think when people think about um, being, quote unquote, in ministry or in an apostolate, tend to think of the more active things. Uh-huh. But these prayer ministries, prayer warriors, like the Seven Sisters Apostolate, are an incredible way by which the kingdom is grown and advanced. Yeah, and essential. Yep. I, th- I think of our, our hidden religious too, you know, our, our uh, cloistered yep. religious kind of being the backbone of the church in many ways. St. John Paul II called them the prayer engines of the world. I love that the engine. The prayer engines of the, oh, world? Of the world? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. What's the yeah. other image? The Like the Marines, the, <clears throat> uh, the green... Green Berets? Yes. Have you ever heard that? Uh Like that being kind of the, not the elite uh, in the sense of like a higher level, but um, just this real essential doing the hard work for the church. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, we need to take a quick break, but in, as we come back, uh, you'll have more from Chris and I, and uh, thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 